Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, a fresh Rich and Belilly episode. The spring is full of surprises. Iz has a great first visit to the recording studio. Old and shady versus unstable narcissist? That's not a fun choice. Disempowered, scared, and angry 24-7? That's no way to go through life. Even a Zen master would have a tough time with mental health these days. Make a list of things you love. It's getting crazy out there. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast, episode 216. Another great visit to the quiet confines of the secret location in Ojai. Daniele Bellelli across from me, as always. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for all of these for the last, 10 years, 11 years, how long is it? It's definitely been 10. We've been at 10 years, can you believe it? Most podcasts don't last 10 episodes. This is not a bad gig. I know there's a lot of tenacity there. I don't know what we're chasing. (laughs) I know what we're not getting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I found the other day, the day that we were like number three on philosophy for a moment. I think we were number one in philosophy at one point. I found one. I found it saving somewhere, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going through old computer drives. I have every raw audio from every episode. Wow. That's a lot. That's, uh, (laughs) I'm sure somebody's about to knock on your door offering you a million dollar for it. I don't know. I think it's going to be more more of this sort of uh, a Van Gogh thing where years later, when they look back for the people that had a plan that could have helped. Right. It was there the whole time. And nobody there. paid any attention. <laughs> <laughs> if only they listened to those assholes. So, on that happy note, you guys are welcome to episode 216 of the Drunken Taoist podcast. And we shall say thanks to Sure Design t-shirts that has been around, not from day one, but pretty damn close. I forgot when they came in, but it was very early in the game, probably the first year or second at most. They had the shirts out pretty quick. So, yeah. They may have first generation shirt right there uh yeah yeah this is actually right before we actually hooked up with short design where we put the log on a guild shirt or something yeah, and yeah. then we we transferred over <laughs> everything to the short design <laughs> department so check out short design they have the greatest t-shirts on the planet also check out grasslandbeef.com you know Take a look at what you get at the grocery store. Take a look at what Grassland Beef has. See if it makes more sense for you to buy from them. Uh, the quality is spectacular, so I can vouch for that. Yeah. And then give it a try. See how it works for you. Other than that, I want to say thank you, of course, as usual, Zebra Athletics for the mats in my beautiful homemade dojo. And while we are at it, we gave them a shout out a while back occultherbsandtonics.com uh, again occultherbsandtonics.com they have these 
herb mixes from anything from steak to salad to stuff. I love them. I like them a lot. Easy's like, get more, get more. This is fantastic. I wanna. <laughs> she's like downing it on her food like crazy. So it's uh, she's a fan. Savis mm. too. I am as well. So good stuff right there. Excellent. Of course, thank you to the sweet folks who donate on a regular basis. So let's go with the list. And I think we have quite a few this month. So nice. let's run. Let the pottering begin. We got Froggy Style Productions, Stephen Redos, uh, Donald Chip Witten, Land Raper, Yanni Linnima, Luis Pesquera, Jesse Ratakangas, Ryan Marklin. Ryan, I think that's a first, maybe. Can't remember, but. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Weisner, Austin Steelwell, Clayton Payne, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Frederick Hahn, Ryan Merklin. Again, we doubled up in the same month. Wow. Sweet. I guess he wasn't a stranger at all. That was very sweet. I think also is a first, not positive, but Stephen Notariani, Lisa Robles, Nick Zunik, Nicola Togni, Joseph Lorda, Istis Juska, Thomas Robinson, John Vergara. You guys are awesome for helping us out that's super deeply appreciated if uh, anyone else listening want to join this brave band of heroes there's an easy way to do it which is donating via paypal either paypal.me slash dibolelli again paypal.me slash dibolelli or otherwise through my email which is uh, bodhi1974 at yahoo.com again bodhi1974 at yahoo.com yahoo.com those guys way back in the day right that is all the way back yeah Still, still works just fine. Still yeah. fun- I mean, what can you do? You can't change them. No, especially when you have like 3 million emails in there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, another way to help us out, I don't know if it's still going to work because we got a lot of, we got yelled at by them a bunch of times. It may not be functional for much longer, but uh, our Amazon link, I guess the safe way would be if it's still there on our uh, the Drunken Taoist website. There's an Amazon link. That would be sweet if you use it. Other than that, anything else we need to add before we get going? We're going to add our friends from uh, the 10 Green Land Conservancy. They're still getting ready. The big hikeathon is coming up in June, but these folks are so forward thinking that here in April, they're reminding us that it'll be able to tie it up. It's going to be called a hikeathon. You can do it in any state, and it's sort of a competition. Get your friends together, donate some money to uh, watch you hike, and there will be prizes involved. REI is putting up a bunch of prizes and all sorts of crazy miles paddled, miles hiked, most miles hiked with dogs, all sorts of different categories, as one might say. <laughs> and that's getting closer all the time, so get ready. The sign-up actually begins in May, but they want us to keep our eye on it. It is 10green, T-E-N-N-G-R-E-E-N.org. And um, they're just trying to save some nice open spaces out there in Tennessee and good folks. And they seem to be doing something well. And you might win some prizes. So why not give it a try? I continue to remind you as we get towards June. I like that. I should also mention, I forgot, uh, I was listening to this episode that we recorded earlier. We're doing the intro afterwards. At some point toward the end of the episode, I keep mentioning this place in Northern California, in Mendocino, referring to it as Grappler's Quest. It definitely is not. Grappler Quest was a famous long-time tournament of jiu-jitsu and stuff that exists 
that's not what we're talking about, is Grappler's Retreat. So when you hear me mention Grappler's Quest, know that I'm just a dumbass who forgot, and it, the correct one would be Grappler's Retreat. Uh, there's still a chance that... I think, like, depending on how many signups we get, there's a possibility that we may have this... Uh, that I may have this retreat in uh, August up there, North Arcal. Um, check it out. I give the information in the episode. If you are interested, you may want to sign up soon, because otherwise, if we don't have enough sign up, we'll just cancel. But um, having said all that, I think we are ready to roll. Fantastic. So I was reading something today about the new heavy lift rocket that NASA is making mm-hmm. to get us back to the moon. And they're saying it's going to cost $4 billion a launch because this thing is so out of control. And so there was conversations on Congress about the you know, why the prices are getting so crazy. And it turns out they made some sort of deal with the uh, you know these big military military industrial folks, I don't know exactly which ones, but you know, so your Boeing's and your mm-hmm. that they were guaranteed that any overages would be covered, and there would be an additional fee added on for their troubles of having to spend extra money. So they are being rewarded by being slow being and shitty and yeah. over budget, and nice. they've been doing it on an epic scale. So it's looking now like a per kilogram on this giant new rocket they're making is like $30,000 a kilogram. Elon Musk's Starship that he's building can carry more and his will be $10 a kilogram. Wow. It's just these fuckers, they never cease. If it's you get this government contract and they just start tearing at it and they haven't even, they haven't even launched a rocket. They've been doing this shit for 10 years. So you're saying that there's something shady in the collusion between private companies paying off politicians and getting what they want? I never heard of such a thing. It couldn't just, possibly be a thing. That doesn't exist. That's like some from evil universe that's not <sighs> our... It's just so... What makes me the most crazy is like when you're talking these sort of insane amount of money, projects like the one that went to Pluto... That was a $500 million, but that was for the entirety of the program. I mean, it was nine years getting out there. The ship still works. They're finding a third target for it to go past. That's money well spent and keep those people working the whole time. But these companies that are just scooping it up and, and like the NASA representative was like just abhorrent failures and there's nothing we can do. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> that's one of those things that's by the way if you are hearing some strange whining in the microphone it's Azog the Defiler sitting in my lap seeing his mortal enemy squirrels in the garden and he wants to say oh, let me go get them which of course it never absolutely happens but you know he's always convinced that this day will be the day when he catches them he'll mess around and catch and, one one um, day and then he really won't know what to do he, it's funny once I had him on where um, he ran up to this mouse and uh, the mouse looked at him, and they were, their faces were like 
four inches apart and they were all barking at each other and nobody was making a move and I was I'm glad I mean I was like no please don't but it was hilarious because he was clearly a fake he was they were both trying to just psych each other out and nobody (laughs) was doing anything about it so it was pretty funny that is one of the cutest dogs you can ever see and friendly and for a little one, not yappy at all. Oh man, he's Yo. yappy with other dogs. He's kind of addicted to other dogs. Probably but, big ones too. Huh? Yeah, of course. He's always like, "Is that an Alaskan Malamute? Let me go get him." Yes, I'll and fuck teach him you up. a lesson. Yes, of course. <laughs> Come in my but, yard. Yes. So it's his sense of self is lightly inflated. Speaking of which, I guess international politics, Mr. Putin. Oh. Uh, we are dealing. Well, first, I guess let me start mentioning something that's. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if he wants me to mention her name, so I won't. But there's a long time drunken Taoist listener who sent me an email when the invasion of Ukraine began. Oh, did I say the invasion of Ukraine? Do I get jailed in Russia if I go there? Or well, by reporting the truth? But you cannot say invasion of Ukraine or war of like. Isn't that crazy? crazy? But special task or some crazy name but yeah she sent uh we should call it a peace mission exactly uh, we're peacekeepers the Russian to get those peace ukrainian peace nazis mission, under yes, control once clearly. and for all uh, run headed run by, by a, a jewish, jewish guy, guy. Yeah, yeah of course that's how that rolls the, um <laughs> yeah it was rough because um <clears throat> she's been a great drunken tower supporter this lady sent me an email when the invasion began because she's in ukraine and their email was something along those lines. What do you think? Should I try to flee on foot for the Polish border with my four-year-old daughter and eight-year-old grandma? Or should we bunk her down with my husband, who, of course, can't leave the country? So is, uh, oh, what's the way to go? I was like, shit, I wish I had a good answer. You know, there's, of course, you don't know, because, you know, you don't know what this is. They are both terrible choices, and so the situation on the ground is rough. But is I mean, not that you ever really lose track of the humanity behind it, but it's always sobering when, you know, you read news and then you talk about somebody who's right there, yeah. whom you know, who's dealing with it, not as a theoretical out there in the universe, but in a very real uh, having to figure out what to do with their family. And, you know, we went back and forth a few times. Now I'm mildly worried because as we record, I haven't heard back for a few days. And she's always been, and I mean, you know, she's probably just trying to make it for the Polish border. And of course, no, has no internet access for a while. And, yep. But yeah, not uh, rough stuff. Definitely rough stuff. And to think, you know, 2000, it's weird because typically the whole war of invasion to conquer a country is something that's more... It's more like a earlier 20th century kind of stuff, 19th yeah. century. You know, you, you see a ton of war where you go in, you put in a puppet government, which may be what Putin is trying to do, but he's so upfront about the fact that it's kind of an invasion where he's going to take over and run the show. That's uh, It's not the way empires are running the show anymore. They tend to do it more indirectly. They tend to do it more through economic dominance. They tend to do it in that fashion, whereas he's going the old style... Uh, China Tibet kind of model. Yeah. And I just screwed myself from flying to China now, the second state that But yeah, to think that today the three biggest powers in the world are uh, Russia, China and the US, it's not the most reassuring thing in the world when you look at it. Well, how about the fact that Germany is cranking up their military again? Well, I mean, you can't blame no them. No surprise, but 
oh, that's not a that's not a welcome sentence yeah. you want to read. <clears throat> no, it's um. And they're serious about it. Theirs will be the one of the largest quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rough one. It's not. It's not where we are hoping to be in 2022. Let's put it that way. Right after a nice pandemic too, where that we had everybody had warmed in up. Century, just like an insurrection. It's like, can we catch a break at some point? It's like, man. And I think also uh, this brings me to the larger point that I want to make on this is, um, or rather, you know what? Let me get to the larger point in a minute to continue on the Ukraine Russia thing for a second. I think what makes this extra scary, we were talking about it right before we got the mics rolling, is um, is the psychology of some of the players involved. Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason why many people at the latest presidential election pick Biden over Trump. Not because Biden is this reassuring beacon of light that people say, oh, he's fantastic. It's like, no, of course he's not. But when the choices are between crappy old-style politician with all the shadiness that go with it or off-the-rocker, unstable dude that you cannot predict who's going to do next, when you're talking nuclear weapons and those kind of big decisions, I can see why a horrendous choice like old-style, crappy, shady politician may look more reassuring than guy who can, depending on how he flips a coin, can go in all sorts of direction because he's mentally unstable and essentially lives by his narcissism. Which I've always considered, I always thought Putin was, uh, I mean, I still think that Putin is smarter than a guy like Trump, who's I think he's been running Trump like a puppet for the past five years. I think he has, but the way he has played this does not look like exactly a strategic genius. No, he looks like a desperate, angry old man now. So there's a level there where it's like, huh, what happens when you back people who live and die by their ego, when you back an ultra-narcissist into a corner? Oof. That's an unnerving thought because, with again, the normal shitty politician, you can predict what they do because it's based on, you know, they want to get the best deal possible for themselves, for the people behind them, and they'll screw over anybody in the process. But, but you know, there's a rational calculation at play there. You can sort of, it's based purely on what kind of deal I can get. When egos enter the picture, mm-hmm. it's not always the most rational calculation. It's about what makes you, what allows you to flex the muscles and feel like I'm the man. Well, it's funny, you know, a true ol- oligarchy where there's like 12 guys that have been handed out the key nice chunks of the nation. Mm-hmm. They don't tell him what he needs to hear. No, of course His not. His military certainly didn't tell him what he wanted to hear because I'm certain the generals knew... The supply lines aren't going to work. These guys fight hard. This yeah. isn't going to be a simple thing. But he didn't want to hear that. And this insanity of these long tables where he sits on one. I mean, is, is he really like virus scared or is that just some sort of insane power play? I think all of the above. There's also probably the possibility that he thinks somebody may be walking in with something Spritz to kill some me. some radiation on him or something like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Nothing like that would ever happen over Right, because he would not know anything about that. and uh, No, it's madness, and it is terrifying because, yeah, he's not the youngest guy anymore, and he's probably been promising these oligarch friends that, you know, we're going to put the band back together and we're going to get the, all our countries back, and yeah. here we go again, and it hasn't happened. They get one little piece, and 
not enough, and now time runs short. It's a terrible situation, and he is crazy, but, you know, he, we got to hope, I guess, at some point that maybe somebody in his military, if he's like, you know, Newcomb, will at least Step give a pause. Yeah, yeah. Because hearing, I guess it's from the, the January 6th commission, they're finding out now, the big thing that made me crazy was the fact that the National Guard never showed up. Mm -hmm. But apparently, Miley and some of his cohorts in the Pentagon were like, we can't send them over, not while it's still progressing, because there are so many sort of proud boys and three percenters within the military that if they took the building that night, Trump could instantly turn them into active duty soldiers right. and order them to hold the building, right. and the vote would never happen. So they were literally... So where are we at that point where military leaders are making outside decisions yeah. to try to keep the president from getting what he wants? That's insane and terrifying, and yeah, that's not too far off from what's going on in Russia. Yeah, there's a word for it, right? That's exactly what a coup is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's scary, man. It's scary because um, it's weird that those are the choices where you get like the people that you despise because they've run the system in the corrupt, crappy things that they are. And those are often the better choice yeah. <laughs> compared to the batshit crazy one who could just... It's stunning. It's disturbing on multiple levels. This, by the way, gave me a pause because, uh, you know, Putin is a big uh, martial arts guy. Mm -hmm. He has a black belt in judo. He has been made honorary. Is it a real one, though? Or is he, judo, does he I think is real. Skills? I mean, judo, I think, is real. Uh, they gave him an honorary one in Taekwondo that he has never done, so that one is bullshit. But like the judo, I think is real. Again, how real I don't know, you know. But there are there are all sort of levels of that. He has done the sport for real. How good he really is, who knows? But that's. But it's always I think we mentioned it in a previous episode. How any time I see things like that, my sweet romantic notion that. Train martial arts is gonna humble you and help you become a better person by being able to see, you know, you beat some, you lose some, you learn, you it's all and then, you know, you see Putin with his black belt and you're like, uh yeah, not that that one uh, didn't quite work KGB out. KGB training affected him at some point. But you know, the reality is that it's funny because you know, there are there are many people who do uh, acquire some qualities and help gain confidence and become better human beings in the process, but you cannot you can become a nice person if you're a dick, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you take, you know, people add it with psychedelics that is like, oh, if you just drop acid or do mushroom or go do ayahuasca, you're going to become a much sweeter, nicer person and enlightened and get back in touch with your humanity. It's like if you make it all the way back. Yeah, or as as Charles Manson would say, yeah. yes, drop acid and it's gonna help you out. Or, uh, <laughs> or I read a story uh, recently under the file, a psychedelic psychedelics gone wrong. Uh, this one guy, this one guy combined it both, both the martial art angle and the psychedelic angle, because he was an MMA guy. He does mushrooms with his friend. They start thinking that uh, they both fall into this really dark psychedelic trip where they think they are battling the devil and stuff. Oh. And he ends up killing his friend, ripping his face off, all sort of crazy shit. And you're like, For real? Because he thought he was fighting the devil. And, uh, and under the file, yes, magic mushrooms will clearly bring you a light. It's like they can. Under the right circumstances, the right person, the right everything, yes. Yeah. They can be a good tool. But this insane notion that people have that, and, you know, I fall for it 
as well. I've done it plenty of times where I think that the tool is the result. That like, oh, if you go through this tool, it will guarantee this outcome. It's like, no, it doesn't. There are 10 million factors. Tools are tools. It's like a car can take you from point A to point B or you can use it to crash into a crowd. And there's no guarantee for the tool itself. It's just a means to an end. The no. person running the tool is where you decide where it goes. And when you're tinkering with your brain, all those little thoughts that have been spinning around in there yeah. come roaring to the surface. Do you remember that movie Frailty? It was a Bill Paxton movie where he was taking out demons. Oh, Jesus. Man. And the whole movie, it was like, he's crazy, he's crazy, he's crazy. No. They actually were. Real. Right, right, right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that, but that was a pretty heavy one. Yeah, you know, it's... It's one of those where it's, and I, I get it, you know, you fall in love with something, you feel it, you've seen it work so well for many cases, you start thinking, this is the magic pill, you take it and you become enlightened. And it's like, no, you don't, nothing works that way. I mean, even like, you know, masters of meditation who use it to become uh, better at screwing everybody over on the stock market <laughs> or uh, they use it to be you know it's there are no guarantees with any of this any path any idea any tool can be used for some great things and terrible things well especially in stuff you have no idea what you're getting yeah, you know, this was grown in shit somewhere on, on the desert somewhere. You don't know what that is or what level it is or LSD. You're right. probably not getting Albert Hoffman's right. fresh out of the beaker. This yep. is something somebody made in their goddamn bathtub. Yep, yeah, yeah. And you're straight nine and battery acid because it, you know, yeah, yep. spreads it around. Right, and that's just one factor. Yeah. Right. Then you have to you don't deal even with know what you're actually taking. Your own psychology, the people you are with, the setting, oh, random the people you're with. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Ten million aspects of what shape uh, an experience. So it's you, like if you don't have a campfire, some crayons, and something to drink, you better not even try. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and in that sense, martial art. I mean, is less. Because you're, they're still a rational. You're still are in your regular mind. But again, they are not a miracle cure. You know, it's like you can be. I've seen somewhere is like we should teach everybody martial arts in school, so there would be no more bullies. It's like, no, there would be some bullies who have better tools now to beat up other kids. You oh, know, yeah. it's like for every nice guy, there's the Cobra Kai fellas that want to break some arms. Absolutely. So it's like you know, I get where you're coming from. I understand the love for some things, and under the right circumstances and the right people, they can work miracles. But let's be real. You know, the the picture of Putin with his black belt is a healthy reminder, or Charles Manson with acid, or you know, you go down the list. It's uh, it's how it is. It's uh, let's tone it down on the rhetoric of anything being the miracle cure. Nothing is. Speaking of the right tool for the job, a couple of days ago, these uh, truck protesters were going to go through D.C. and uh -huh. create havoc. One cat with a bicycle as they got into the city, just to pedaling along in front of these trucks. They're honking, honk, honk, get out yeah. of the way. He's just taking his sweet time, blocked the whole thing by himself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so eventually a cop rolls up, right? He's like, what's going on, buddy? He's like, I can't hear you. He said, uh, these trucks are trying to get around you, sir. Honk, honk, honk. I, I can't hear what you're saying. And the cop was like, oh, can't hear me? Oh, well, and drove off. That's funny. And let the bicyclist to 
that's where <laughs> when people compare you know i'm far from a fan of the u.s government like if you look at u.s government policies since the inception to now foreign policy in particular but not only it's like a horror shows of terrible things happening all over the place yeah and nothing ever working the way we want it to either just install some fool wreck something else make it worse it seems to be an endless stream and so i'm 100 percent on board with that notion however when people are like you know, Chinese dictatorship, Russian under Putin, they are no worse than the U.S. government. They are the same. I'm like, try to do the bicycle thing in China on something that has government support. And Go you ask are the Uyghurs about that. Dead meat in about three seconds. Or our guy, Tank Man, you know, the story from Tiananmen. Yeah, it's like... Let's be real, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I see that has driven me crazy about this uh, Ukraine situation, too, is like people who rightfully see mistakes made by Western powers, U.S. in particular, and point to a long list of shadiness and mistakes that lead up to this. But then their conclusion becomes, so uh, Putin is not that bad. And again, it's that dualistic mentality that if I have identified somebody who is bad, clearly anything on the other side must be good. And it's like, no, sometimes the other side is even worse. You know what you just described? Everything you mentioned that's terrible? Yes, I agree. And this is even worse. And And to put the tiny bit of detail on it, too, I mean, Iraq was essentially the same thing that Putin's pulling off right now. Of course, we took the country in two weeks. My, my favorite Chris Rock joke was, you couldn't take Baltimore in two months. Right. But, and it was wrong. It There's was, no doubt it was wrong. It was course. an oil grab. It was bullshit. Millions of, of people killed for nothing. No. There's no Just argument that. And that's in fact. Because your daddy tried to take a shot at my daddy. We're going to wreck 20 years of people's lives and make enemies for decades or, or generations. But this is worse. And that's where it's funny because I've seen uh, the Ukraine situation is one of the rare cases where I've seen extreme right wing and hardcore communists be absolutely on board on the same side. Which is, is right. Putin is not that bad. He's definitely better than those stupid Westerners. And uh, it's all the fault of the U.S. government at the end of the day. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's funny to see these strange bedfellows where you see extreme, like, super hardcore left wing to straight up in communist camp and uh, real serious right wingers be absolutely on board with one another on this and they're like okay well I'm glad uh." and the division widens further and it's all it's always the same story right it's the enemy of my enemies like who's the one that bugs me the most oh I have issues because I live in the west I've seen these I've experienced that so my thing is the US government sucks so anybody against it must be the good guys. And it's just like, that's such a dumb way to look at the world. That is like, you so, know, so you're you allowed... an Al-Qaeda supporter now. Right. You know that you're allowed to put an end in there, not an or. You know, it's like, <laughs> you can have a horrible U.S. government with terrible policies and all of that. And there could be people who are worse. It doesn't have to be then or, well, everyone else clearly is the alternative. It's, it's funny how... And that doesn't even mention China. 
Yeah, the which, fact that the Russia's reaching out for weapons for, from China. Well, and they are clearly trying to sit him back and seeing if Putin can pull it off because if they, they want can Taiwan. Pull it off, Taiwan is next, and then we're done. Right, and it's uh, it's a weird game and I think you know it's one of those topics from history that when you look at it is um, it's really bizarre because how many times in history have you seen people who are maybe like the second born son of like the heir to the throne of some big empire and all this guy has the best life that anyone could have in terms of comfort and anything he could have access to. Do anything he wants to. Absolutely. He, all he has to do is pat his older brother on the back, say, please do a good job. I'm here for you. If you need me, just shout out. I'll be here, support you. In the meantime, I go back to my heavenly paradise that I get to have as the second born with all the wealth and luxury and everything. That didn't work for Renly in the Game of Thrones, did it? No. And instead, <laughs> like over and over again in history, you see these assholes who just can't stop themselves because their ego is, no, I have to be the top dog. I have to be number one. I have to be the emperor. I have to be. And it's weird because like, for what? You already have everything you could possibly have. You already have the best life that anybody could have access to. But I ain't the king. Exactly. And you can't, and your dumb ego doesn't allow you to enjoy it. You cannot taste the amazing food that's put in front of you. You cannot enjoy the fantastic homes that you get to have access to. You cannot, none of that, because you are so, like there's this little monster in you there's this nasty ego that just prevents you from being able to touch and feel all the stuff around you because you are obsessed with this vision of who you are supposed to be and how you want it's my power it's like jesus man people think drugs are bad that's like money and power are worse aren't they worse than any heroin in the world right there is like because it's it's handed to you right it's right there all you have to do is say yes i take it Yep, and you can do that. And those are the people at the top end of it. And we've mentioned a thousand times those folks that are, I've got ten million dollars in the bank. I got a nice house. I got another extra house. Yeah, it's not enough. No, never is because it's um, some it's fool in L.A. just got. I think it was a hundred and twenty-eight million dollar property on the top of the Hollywood Hills. It's so big. It's got like six pools on right. the property. One inside. For those six days when you don't want to be outside, it looks like a mall. Which, by the way, I, I always wonder when I see people buying stuff like that because it's like, who the hell? Because you're not, especially in US with property taxes the way they are, yeah. you're not buying. It's not just that you need to have $128 million or the loan for it, but you also have to pay property taxes on it that yeah. are insane. You are talking about... Four or five million on something like that, or maybe even crazier. Probably more. But yeah, That's something... unsustainable. It's like, who the hell has... Them, how do they make it? How do they even have the guarantee that they are going to keep... It's weird. It's like, I always wonder, let's go up again. What job do you have again? What are you doing? That's... It's bizarre. It's, uh, but yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like so much of it is these hungry ghosts wandering around, just desperately trying to feel some kind of life, something that fulfills them, and nothing does. And in the process, in order for them to get their fix, they will destroy anything in their path because their ego demands. Which it. probably starts out small, fucking people over on a small scale to get yeah. what you want. Step on them. Now you're upper link. And oh look, I'm, I'd added a zero. 
Yep. And once you get going, there's no going back because you'll get no comfort from humanity after that point. Now no, it's of course all about not. the number on your bank account. That's pretty much where it's at, which sort of brings me to, I guess, the larger point I wanted to make on some of this stuff because there's so much out there to be depressed about. You know, there's so much. If you start watching the news, right, it's like it's there's a fear and outrage machine that's going on 24-7 because essentially they know that that's what people click on because fear motivates us as human beings. We want to be aware of anything that's going to kill us and evolutionary made sense to try to plan for it. Right now it doesn't because it's mostly shit that you have no power on that you can make any difference on, but you still press the button and click on the news and watch it and find out. So fear and anger are even more than sex and violence are the things that people sell through media constantly. Some people consciously as just straight up grifters who know what they are doing and they just want to make money. Some people are true believers because they got infected with the virus and so they keep spreading it. But either way, at the end of the day, you are dealing with, and you know, it's not the way it used to be where it's like, oh, you have the evening news kind of stuff. No, now it's 24 seven. You can spend your day looking at a topic and being fed fear and anger yeah. all day long. It's amazing nonstop. the old days when the news was the guy sat he read those stories for yeah. 30 minutes. He didn't have an expert on from each side right. to discuss the pros and cons of any of that bullshit. He just, and that's the way it was. Yeah, or you read the newspaper. Oh, and yeah. That was that, right? And, and that was 12 or 14 hours old at that point. How yeah. could we possibly? Now it's nonstop. And I think one of the problems with this is that it's a tough choice because on one end, you want to be informed, right? You don't want to just be completely ignorant of what's out there. I'm not advocating. Just have no interest in politics, have no interest in the world out there, just focus on what's in front of your nose and screw everything else. I don't think that's the greatest advice one could give. Now, you want to be informed a little. At the same time, know what you're doing. You know, you are diving headfirst under the water of a mountain of fear and outrage. And more likely than not, these are topics that you're going to have zero power to affect in any way, to change. So you're going to be feeling tremendously disempowered, scared, and angry. That's a good combo. And What could happen from there? And that, of course, that's going to bleed into the rest of your life. You're going to start having that anger and that edginess around people you meet down the street for other reasons. You're going to feel it in the fear that makes you more likely to be depressed. You're going to feel it. It's going to affect you in all sorts of ways psychologically, both in the way you relate to other people and the way you see the world and the way you feel. So it's a tough balance to know how much you want to be informed because it's useful and how much you are just shooting up the worst drugs, poison, like you're shooting up the terrible poison straight in your veins, right? It's just this is bad for you. It's yeah. uh, Especially the way we're built. I mean, our nervous system, like when you hear a, a, a twig snap yeah. or something like that, that turn you make, yeah. that's faster than your brain can process what has happened. Yep. We're built on a hair trigger, and it's probably to make sure you don't get eaten by saber-toothed tigers and things like that. Absolutely. Or somebody sneaking up on you. But, yeah, there are decisions we make that have nothing to do with any brain power at all. It is just straight-up reactions. And when you're jacked up on 10 already with the bad news and worry about this and that, 
not no such a good. No wonder why uh, people are cracking all over the place. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You're exactly right. It's like in many cases, it's subconscious. You know, you click before you know it. It's yeah. like, what scary? Let me check. Oh, what did this person do? Outrage and, and it can be lies. It, it, never mind the fact that there's a whole industry that's built on making money on your propensity to check fear and outrage. So in many cases, they are making shit up because they know you're gonna click on it if they make it wild enough. But even if he was real and you can't do anything about it and the only result is that you're angrier and more scared throughout your day in the way. So I don't know, for me, I'm noticing for the sake of my mental health, I'm trying to stay informed. And, you know, I do things like I study history, which often is not the most uplifting thing in some cases. And however, I also try a heavy diet of things that try Enjoy. Make me feel good. Yeah. You know, that are like Instagram, pretty much. It's, I love when Instagram has the function that uh, suggests the stories to you based on what you clicked. Oh my right? gosh. Or, my entire feed is puppies. You know, it's like all I get are cute animals doing funny things because, and I realize it's changed because I had stuff that wasn't as delightful in terms of the, the effect it has on my mood. And now it's like every day I see funny puppies doing hilarious things or beautiful animals or things like that. And I'm like, that helps. That's, that's, that makes my day 0.5% better. And, uh, and I know what I'm doing is a conscious thing. I am choosing to look at these more and that other things less because these helps me. And I mean, I think like unless you are a Zen master of some kind. I think we all have plenty of reasons to struggle with our own mental health. We live in a society that's fucked up in various ways. We live in a new cycle that's designed to stir the worst impulses in us all the time. Endlessly chasing, trying to catch up, never catching up, always yeah. a little further behind. But the second you do catch up, something else will grab you. So I think... It's a hamster wheel. Having a plan on how to handle your mental health that reduce the volumes of the fear and outrage. And in, in any time you take something away, you need to put something to fill it in, right? It's kind of like you can just say to people, don't drink uh, sodas, don't take this shitty food, don't eat this. And it's like, okay, what, what do I replace it with? Because, you know, I still need to... So you need to make it, you need to create an alternative that's appetizing. Otherwise, all you do is just, uh, it doesn't work to just, the just say no doesn't work. No, you know, the, never the good old Nancy Reagan just say no doesn't work on any field. So you need to replace it with something that's better than what you're taking away. Yep. Because I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of people, people I like from all over the political spectrum just become angrier and angrier and angrier. And, and if you scratch below the surface, they are the same person. They are just as sweet as they were before. That person is still there. But there are layers of anger to the point where all I see them posting is just... And sometimes they're right, okay? I may agree with them. I may be spot on, 100% agreement with their take. And I can still say that's not good for you. That's not where you want to go. Why? Because I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're right. It's still not where you want to go with it. Because look at the effect it's having on your life, on who you are, on the energy you put out in the world, the people around you. 
maybe being angry 24-7 is not the best thing you can do. There's a place for anger. There's a place where it's healthy and sports into action and make you do things. But not every day. Exactly. It's like taking certain things are medicine in homeopathic dosage, but when you up it up, it's poison. And that's where I feel like, what are the things, Rich? What's your thing? Like, well, what things do you fill your question, days well, with? Well, I get to look through these telescopes all the time now. And to be able to show people, you know, my favorite thing to look at right now is the Great Nebula in Orion. This thing is 1,500 light years away. So at that distance, in the sky, it looks like just a tiny little smudge. That smudge is 42 light years across, and inside it are a 1,000 stars forming. So it's a stellar nursery. And to show people that, and just to watch them wrap their minds around it, to the point where it kind of just looks like a little fuzzy cocoon but in front of it the first four stars that are babies so they're only a million years old are erupting out of this thing and for the next half a billion years it's going to slowly sprinkle a thousand new stars out and when you start to get people thinking of these scales and these distances and that light 1500 years to get to your eyes and the seconds that we have here you might as well enjoy them. So is that like, for example, with uh, astronomy, mm-hmm. is that what you, what excites you about it? Is the the fact that it gives you a sense of scale, which gives you more appreciation for the press? Like, totally. I'm trying to connect the dots in terms of, because yeah, yeah. somebody else may look like, okay, some stars, who cares? You know, like, what's the... And generally, that's where people come into it. But when you're able to... I mean, my my favorite explanation is just the distance between the stars. Mm-hmm. We have, I may have said this last time, but just real quick, we have a scale model of the solar system on the lawn. And on that scale, the sun is the size of a penny. So on that scale, Mars would be, Mars is already about 12 feet out. Jupiter is halfway across the lawn and Pluto is on the edge of the parking lot. So that's our solar system. The next closest star, Proxima Centauri, would be a P in Las Vegas. Wow. That's the closest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the brightest star you'll see tonight is called Sirius. It's up, It's you can see it everywhere. It is the brightest star in the sky. That's eight light years away. So that's two Las Vegases away. Whew. That would be the size of a marble, a big marble. Wow. So in that space, yeah. from two Las Vegases on this t- on tiny scale, you have the sun as a marble. There's two other marbles, a pea and a big marble, five of them. On these massive, yeah. So we may make it to other star systems someday, but the way it works, you know, to the speed you would have to get to, you would dilate your time so much that nothing you would know of would be back when you got back. I mean, you could make it to the edge of the galaxy if you had a ship that would increase by one mm-hmm. unit of gravity, so you would never feel it. it would feel like radio yep. gravity, but you're going faster and faster. You could get to the edge of the galaxy and back in seventy or eighty years. But 150,000 years have gone by when you got back. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because you were so, because you can never reach light speed. So all these sort of incredible, we're trapped in our spot. Yeah. And so the only real answer is to take good care of this planet. And if it requires that we got to tear down the factories and the buildings and get back to just, you know, stop spilling the poison. So in not that being sense, in such a hurry. Right. It gives you an appreciation for what's dirty, what's here, what's in front of you. And the incredible things we've exposed ourselves to over the past 10 years, you know? Chris Ryan's notion of, or and all these other scientists' notion that when we were hunter-gatherer tribes, 
you know, Sebastian Unger as well. Mm-hmm. That was the way to do this. Right. You know, when you look, when you go out whale watching and you watch the whales rolling through the ocean, they ain't worried about paying their fucking taxes. You know, they want to go find some food. They know how to do it. They're great at it. They have language. They can communicate across the world. Yeah. But the pressures that we put on ourselves as a species is ridiculous. This is not the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's 100%. So when I'm looking at these things out in the distance and just kind of showing people, you know, take a breath. And I, I don't know where it came along the way. I don't know if it was you or me or somebody said it to us, but the whole notion that life is the universe experiencing itself Mm -hmm. really becomes real, especially when four nights a week I'm looking deep into it and it doesn't scare me. It inspires me. Right, 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 right. Because, you know, we don't need the Putins of the world. Scum wind, tell me that's the truth. Yes, Um, the wind is picking up out here. We have a choice. Yeah. And if we're going to blow this fucker up in two weeks, it doesn't matter. It's going to return again until the sun swells up in five billion years and cooks everything off this planet. Something is going to thrive here. The um, little microbes are unbelievably powerful. As deep as we've dug into this planet, miles and miles deep, just in clay and shit and rock, there's always something down there that has crawled down there to hide. And, oh, I like nibbling on whatever this... Yeah. So... Okay, so that's that's a big one for you. And you're doing it for a living now since you work at the Griffith Observatory, so that's fantastic. What else, what other things would you say are some of your go-to mental health feel good i want to enjoy life again kind of things i always have music i love going you know that's always a great one and i still i get a big kick out of trying to explore new stuff and you see, uh, there's a lot of crap this day but there are some occasional nice new music is always a good sure. thing sure um never stop writing songs so speaking of music i have a quick story oh, you for do you have an update don't you yeah so I had, uh, well, never mind that the other days did a performance at school. She did a cover of an Adele song, uh, Someone Like You, and holy shit, she's pretty good. But we also went, um, we went in studio to record with uh, Ulysses Bella from Osomatli, and uh, Ulysses arranged this song. It's a traditional Italian song from World War II for his. He, he did uh, kind of the guitar track, and then he would sing on it. And it was pretty trippy because, you know, she's, it's the first time that she goes in a studio, a pro studio. It's a real deal with sound engineer. There's a Grammy-winning musician working with her and stuff. So it's a hell of an experience. That's awesome. And, man, I think probably in the next month or so we're going to have, I think she we're going to create kind of a YouTube channel for her music and stuff. And we're going to have this edited, the audio, the video, everything is going to be out. So I'm going to make sure to mention it and put a link when it comes out. But it was trippy, man. She did the first take. She just went in. They were like, okay, go, just do a take. Let's roll it. She did the first take. And the sound engineer turned to me. And he was like, what the fuck? Is that, what's going on here? She's really fucking good. I'm like, Yeah. I hear it too. <laughs> she's pretty damn solid. And, uh, you know, she's like, Jesus, like, first take is pretty much as good as it's good. Like, we're, let's do more just to have it and we'll mix it up and, you know, take the. But this, we got done in like an hour and a half. He was like, 
you know, with most pros, I spend a day or two recording a song. Uh, this is fantastic. And uh, Ulysses was funny too. Ulysses was, uh, this deck is so good. Makes me want to go kill a fucking fascist right now because it's a <laughs> World War II song from Partisans. So that's you the... You make it your opportunity, sir. Yes. But, um, but yeah, man, it's exciting. It's exciting because she found clearly an art form that she's really good at, that she has a talent for. She's working at it because, you know, she takes singing lesson and like, try to expand their range and everything. And, and it's a way for her to just really express... Because I think that's what's interesting is is not about... It is about technique, of course. You know, sure. she has a great pitch, she has a good voice, all of that. But she'll learn her breathing techniques and all those things, and it's just going to make it stronger. And also the thing is, there are, I've heard a bunch of kids that you listen to, and they are fantastic. You know, you listen to their techniques, and you're like, holy shit, this person is amazing. But I think that is that's different, and I can't think of too many kids being able to pull that off, is put a level of emotion, a level of soul, ultimately, into oh, yeah. it, that she can express a depth of emotion through her voice that's highly uncommon among kids. It's highly uncom- uncommon about adults. And you can't and teach it. No. And that's the part that is like, that one you don't teach. You know? and, and you get better at it technically, being able to do things with your voice to actually get that out. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's about that soul, really. And I, I don't know, man, it's really exciting to see her finding something. Uh, well, she's never lacked confidence either. No, that helps. That definitely helps. Yeah. She's, but you know what? It's weird. It's a mix of, on one end, she's very confident. On the other end, and I really don't wish it on her. It sucks because I'm way too familiar with those dynamics and she's just as bad as me. She's an ultra annoying perfectionist mm. where if she does something that's great, but is not the greatest thing ever, she'll be like, I screwed it up. I'm terrible. I, c- I can't believe I did this. Ugh, this sucks. And she got all both defensive and worked up. And so it's like, and I'm like, dude, you cannot. And again, I'm telling it to you. I do the same thing. So I'm not <laughs> a good model in this at all. But it's important to just play a little, to relax, to uh, accept the fact that you're not going to learn shit unless you fail a million times. Yes. So accept to do things that are not perfect. And the thing is, shut the fuck up because you're not, your bad take is still good. So it's like your bad day is a good day for most people. Shut up, you know, just you're good, relax. Don't be so obsessive about this quest for perfection that doesn't even exist. So I'm really big on that. Again, I'm a terrible model, and I know that, I don't know, maybe it's nature, maybe it's nurture. Either way, like, I didn't help with it because I'm that way. But um, but I'm trying to instill in her the just play and have fun. Nobody's asking you to do anything. Nobody's telling you you need to be the greatest singing star ever. Nobody's telling you that you need to make money. Nobody's telling you that you need to sing great or people are going to be disappointed in you. Just fucking have fun. Express have fun yourself you. and enjoy. And if you do that, you're probably going to do something great. But that's not the goal. That's a side benefit, you know? No, because at the end of the day, like true superstardom and those sort of things, there's so much luck and the right moment involved in that. There's so many talented people. But as long as you can have fun, yeah, you know? Karaoke night with your friends is pretty fun. Yeah, you can sing to your babies. You can, you know, there's 10... Again, it's not the goal here at all, but the fact that you have something that allow you to really pour your soul in and express yourself is yep. huge. 
that's what and you gave me a moment to think about like my list of things yeah. of making my making my stir fry for dinner yeah food right i love it immediate you know? satisfaction you make yourself and other people happy yes and i love feeding everybody at the house yep and it's reached a point where like it's my gig now but i would never complain yep i love it i love i love chopping stuff I love knowing, you know, getting better at it. And the things I've learned over the past 10 years and, and the new recipes, I mean, my pasoli is spot on and my uh, chicken tiki masala is approaching. You know, I'm ready. Let's have a competition because how can you lose? Yeah. We're actually you talking about taste how to great stuff. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yours is better. Oh, well. I guess. I'll, let me try it again. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. Let me try one more time. I think he's better. Those are fantastic things. And, you know, the whole garden, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten. Like, the past five months of the insanity of being the upheaval, um, because, I don't know if you guys got any rain last night, but we actually got some rain yep. yesterday. Yep. And the last chunk of shit was 40 boxes of books that were sitting on the back porch. I brought them inside yesterday. We now officially have everything In inside. The house. Yeah. We're sifting through it. We're going to get rid of a ton of shit. And now I can enjoy those things again. And soon, I think it'll be next weekend, we'll get a truck. We're going to take a bunch of furniture shit out and donate it. And we're going to go pick up the straw bales and off we'll be on that. So, so gardening, great food. Yeah. The um, mysteries of the universe. Yes. And sharing them. I mean, that's a big part of it, too, because... Yeah, people, right? Also, people around you that you click with, that you can have fun with, you can have conversation, you can make them happy by sharing some of these things. And the conversations are fantastic. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like... The, uh, what's his name? Danny Terrio? Yeah. Scary-looking dude? Yeah. A lot of times, we get some of those folks in the line, you're like, oh, man, this fella. They're the most excited. Or a lot of times... The kids will bring the mama out because they heard about it and they want to see it. Right. Well, mom's never looked through a telescope before either. Right. And you can just hear the moment that something in their head broke open. It's right. Like, oh, my God. It's amazing, right? Or the little girl who saw one of our programs, one of the other guys did, came out. And when she went up and looked through that telescope, she had a real good long look. She's looking at the moon through a giant telescope. And I heard her whisper under her breath, this is what I want to do. <laughs> That's awesome. And to be that there cool. in a moment like it. that yeah, and yeah. to see it and to see it over and over or just clicking the light on for some folks. You know, I've been pointing in this direction for a long time, but I had no idea it's where I would end up. So what I would suggest to you sweet folks listening is uh, figure out, make a list. You know, really make a list. Right now, you know, Rich just listed three, four things that are big for him. Make a list and make it as long as you can of things that bring you joy. And again, it can be temporary little bullshit like my goofy puppies on Instagram, you know? It's yeah. like something that just feels better than looking at what fucking Ben Shapiro said and did there, whatever, you know, some dumb other outrage and fear let's complain about it's like no no do the things that like because again the list is different for everybody right totally. so figure out which one are which one are your things which are the little daily things that this morning I woke up really not in a good mood really not feeling good and as juvenile and silly as that is and I'm a 
eight degree black belt in being juvenile and stupid but <laughs> you know I actually went I found this picture of this really hot beautiful naked woman and it's now my screen on the computer because now when I look down I see this beautiful smile hot body everything about her is fantastic and I'm like ah the world is a beautiful place you know and is uh sex is great I that's you know things that are whatever those things are that make that make you feel a little bit better if you line up enough of those in a day the quality of your day start changing the yeah. quality of your mood changes the quality of interaction with other people change and often is over little silly bullshit one after another after another the same way as it's a vicious cycle if you feed yourself on fear and outrage and none of them are eat, but you do it all day long and they fuck you up. It's a big waste of time. If you feed yourself on little things that tickle your endorphins and make you feel better, hey, that goes a long way. And even if it only makes you feel better 10%, that's a hell of a lot. That makes... Uh, yeah. I mean, is there anything better than watching your partner get off and watch your head pop off? Speaking of which, the on the... Uh, I had uh, my poor family. Um, I was having, I was trying to uh, express my thing that I think I miss my colleague as a porn star, and uh, and of course he's around me. She's a pro by now, so she's so used to my day day the shit I say <laughs> that she was like, "Yeah, that's great. Can you please pass me the salt?" And she's like, "She's not being shaken by that anymore." But actually, on a semi-serious note, think of this: is like if you think about. Porn, if you think about the way sex is represented most of the time, it's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, it's terrible. It's mostly made by people who hate women. Yep. Uh, it's mostly built on power and abuse and weirdness. And uh, and I was thinking, how cool would it have been to have a niche porn of just uh, date night where it's clear that, I mean, there's no mystery on what you're doing. Everybody's there because they are getting paid. It's It's clear. But it's there's a human interaction. It's pleasant. There's a build-up. It's not just a what crazy, weird, sexual thing you can do right off the bat. It's just more... There's a build-up, there's yeah. a chat, there's a connection on a human level, you are eating good food, you are doing something that even though it's clear that it's not a real date, you're, you're having fun. You know, you are connecting on another level that's human. And then the sex that come with it can have something actually sweet about it, which doesn't mean puritan bullshit. It can be hot, sweaty, intense sex, but there's a different energy to it. There's an energy where there's actually a human connection that's pleasant. Yeah. And it may be for that one hour. Maybe you never see each other again. Maybe, you know, that that's totally fine, I think. But that, to me would be something that like if some teenager is just googling shit and they just uh, find access to porn and that's how they are going to learn about sex and that's how they are going to learn about how to treat other people they stumble on that versus they stumble on some abusive crap the way 95% of porn is set up I think it would be a much healthier place to be and uh, so I guess that's my long winded thing to say I think I miss my window to be uh, to be the happy, mellow, sweet porn star. Well, you never know. You know, it's <laughs> always the seniors' division. <laughs> yeah. 
because uh, tune in next week, as yeah, that's uh, yeah, forget Dragon Taoist, that's where we're going next. Uh, oh, one thing, oh, Someone sorry, get Blue Chew on the phone. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> one thing that I wanted to mention, I'm um. I don't know if I'm doing it. It depends on how many sign up we got. But uh, I went, uh, I mentioned in a previous episode, that I went up to Grappler's Cast in uh, Mendocino in Northern California for a grappling event in December. Uh, it looks like Alex, the sweet man who runs the place, wants to organize a History on Fire retreat over there. So if you guys are interested, it's primarily focused on just good conversation, good food, wine, history, philosophy, you name it. The whole place is called Grappler's Retreat. There's an element that has always, this is the first time that he does something outside of martial arts. Uh, Nick Gregoriades, who has been a guest oh, on wow. our show and is a jiu-jitsu god, will be doing... I don't know if he actually wants to do... Ju- I mean, I think he'll do whatever people want, but I think he wants to run primarily more yoga, breathwork kind of sessions in the morning, possibly some grappling since there's a room for it. But, um, you know, just letting people know, I think the cutoff that we're going to look at to see if there are enough sign-ups is May 1st. So if that's something that interests you, check it out. Let me look at what... The, website is it's called the historygathering.com nice again that's historygathering.com all the details and booking are there i don't handle any of that that's all alex thing it's like i'm just a guest uh, instructor showing up and just doing that but uh, you know if that's something that interests you check it out if and maybe we get enough signups maybe it will happen it's in august it would be so you know something to check out and, and on a History on Fire front, I got, uh, the other day I had to Google something for it, and I found out that I was reviewed in indiatimes.com. I read that. That was sweet. Hell yeah. That was really, really sweet. You got a big fan. It wasn't their first episode, for sure. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And I saw, like, they were, like, 2,000 share from uh, primarily an Indian market. So it was, like, indiatimes.com. How sweet. Maybe relocating. Right. My my chicken tiki masala will come in handy for you. It was fantastic. It was really sweet. Yeah, I guess on the same sort of exciting thing, two years, it's just about two years till the next solar eclipse. And uh, we're renting our place out. You got to get it two years in advance because they're going to fill up so quickly. But uh, we're going to go to to Gray Lake, Arkansas, because that's where the skies will be the clearest. Okay. You get almost three minutes of totality. And the best part is they're going to have a square dance that night, the post-comet, I mean, the, the post-eclipse uh, square dance, which will be outstanding, I'm sure. Last time you went to Oregon, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where it was. Cool. That's awesome, man. It's going to be fun. Once you step into the shadow, you never step all the way out. Sweet. That's plenty. Great, man. Well, on that note, seriously, think about making a list. You know, for everybody, me included, I do that shit too all the time because it's like sometimes my mental health is less than ideal and I'm like, you know what, I need to change some daily habits. I need to change some of the things that I look at all day long. So it's um, it's not a bad plan. No, I think it's a great plan and especially on these moments where we could be on the razor's edge and it could all go up in a second. Why not take a moment and enjoy the good things? My silly old cat that comes and purrs in my lap every night because he likes me. Simple things like that. It's amazing. In order to be fuck pain, fuck heartbreak, and still in love with life, you need to still find those things that make you feel in love with life. And they can be 
They don't have to work for anybody else. They can be silly and temporary. But guess what? Most of life is silly and temporary anyway. It truly so is. So just really find those little things that make you smile throughout the day, and that's the win. Well, funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of Drunk Taoist, y'all. Wow, we wrapped this one up nicely. Take a second to enjoy the things that make you fall in love with life. Lots of sweet things. Silly and small, temporary, most things are. If they help you smile through the day, then that's a win. That's how we ended that. That's a good one. Well, we can't get any better advice than that. No, I think uh, we have uh, we have reached our top. <laughs> I really kind of felt that way. I mean, out of all this, and 10 years is a long time, but we've been going in a direction and it has always been take care of each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to, sometimes we do whine and complain and yell at the sky because you need to vent and it's important. But also at the end of the day to put the accent on, uh, okay, that all may be true. What can we do? What are the little things that we can do to make ourselves feel better, to make the people around us feel better? Because at the end, end of the day, that's what counts. Yeah. The insurmountable isn't always insurmountable. Well, they say, how do you eat a mountain? One bite at a time. Right. You know, just uh, the boxes at the house are slowly, because we sort of like, we're going to do three or four boxes a mm-hmm. day. That's the way to go, right? And there's no reason to go any faster than that. Slow, stupid persistence is the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Just Head down, keep going, add another inch to the game. It's starting to look like our house now. It's very exciting. I love that. I'm getting the truck for the strawberries. Everything's been delayed by all this. It's it's funny. And in the end, this whole debacle is going to have eaten up six or seven months of our lives. Damn. That's a lot. Yeah, sometimes moving is a bit. In fact, I always think about a bunch. Well, I've done it a bunch of times. So I would move pretty much every year and it would be insane. You know what, though? It's almost worse because we're like two in a row that were like six years and four years. Yeah. Then we're, you're really rooted in. Yeah, you accumulate your root. You yeah. know one's coming up in a year and you're yeah. kind of like, like when we first moved here, the house we got in, thirty-two fifty a month, man. That's crazy. That was 2006 because everything was insane then. That's insane. And it was sort of the same situation. It's like uh, I was heading back to Tennessee to collect everyone and we had to have somewhere to live. Yep. Nothing available, just like always. And uh, but it was the same thing. We never really unfurled in that one because yeah. we knew that we got to get the hell out of this thing. No, definitely, that makes a difference for sure. Madness. All right, here we go. Oh no! Goodbye. <laughs> go home now. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cool. Bye, everybody. Okay. Switch. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at RichieMon1. 
R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?